About the time the Bible was written, there were lots of stories about gods and creations, and you have Zeus and all these other Hera and, and whatnot. And then the Bible comes along and then tells the stories of, of floods and parting of seas. And this is the way stories are told. This is the way of saying our God is rocks. Our God is really amazing. Pay attention. So when you get the Ten Commandments, you need to pay attention because this stuff is good stuff. The Enlightenment came along and said, these are strange books. These are very strange texts. We don't trust anything that doesn't make sense to us today. If we can't prove it with our minds or see it with our eyes, we are not going to believe. So the Enlightenment came along and said, the stories, the miracles of the Bible are false. Modern fundamentalism is a reaction to the Enlightenment. It's actually a double negation. It's, it is false that the stories of the Bible are false. Which anybody who teaches knows a double negation is what? A positive. So the stories of the Bible are true. After the Enlightenment, we live in a world where we see these stories and we judge them in light, in light of both Enlightenment and post-Enlightenment, and we think the stories tell what actually happened. So either you have to believe they really happened the way that they're recorded, or they're false. And the Bible was never understood this way until very, very, very recently. If you go back to the early church, the deepest meaning of the text was the figurative or the spiritual meaning of the text. Only a fool would think that the literal meaning was the most important. So I want you to know that as we share this story. So the story is that there's all these people showing up, and whether it's 5,000 people or more likely it's 5,000 men, so there might have been as many as 15,000, but it really doesn't matter because 5,000 is a lot. And he turns to Andrew, and he says, so what are we, where are we going to go buy food to feed all these people? And, you know, if you're Andrew, you just got to think, oh, what did I do to get this? Uh, you know, even a whole half a year's wages wouldn't be enough to give even everybody a little bit. And as Mary said, there's no Kentucky Fried Chicken around the corner. There certainly was no Red Lobster, because that's not kosher. Thank you. At least I got one show. Somebody got that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Simon Peter says, oh, there's a boy here, and he's got five barley loaves and two fish. At which point, this boy is either very happy that he's sharing what he has, or he's thinking, great, at least I had something to eat, and now even I don't have something to eat. Because what I have for myself, which is enough for me and maybe the people that I'm with, is now supposed to be 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, whatever it is. It's a lot. Everybody is fed. And Jesus says, take the baskets and gather up all that is remaining that nothing may be lost. And they gather up 12 baskets full of fish.
off from the story. Um, I had an opportunity to meet with uh, the first inaugural session of the uh, lectionary series, and some many good things came from that. One was that, you know, we can do so much with so little. Often we think we don't have enough to make a difference. And so we don't even try. Mary's over there with two people and are going to make sandwiches for 70 people. I can't get my son to make a peanut butter sandwich for himself. Yeah, it's really hard, actually. I think college will eventually frighten him into learning how to do that. But we're going to make sandwiches for 70 people. We're going to feed 70 people and our kids are going to make those sandwiches. Our church feeds 70 people every Monday night. When this started, how many years ago? Was it five or seven years? Five, five or six, six years now? Five or six. It's been a while. Did anybody think that this would be going on six years later? That we would feed that many people, this little congregation, this little group? Did anybody think we had that in us? Jesus says, you can do this. You can do this. And they pass the food out after he blesses it, and lo and behold, there's enough food. Now, we don't know whether everybody saw that people were sharing and they brought out their own baskets. We don't know that. The scripture doesn't say. But what it says is that there was enough for everyone. When we start to share, when we think we can do great things, we in fact can when that effort has been blessed by God. There is nothing that we can't do if God blesses us. The other thing that I really like about this little story is the end. For me, it's what really captures me. Is that he says, gather it up that nothing may be lost. I have people that come into my office and they're homeless or they're down and, and they need a food card or they need a gas card or they, they need something. They need a little assistance. But what they really need to do and what they want is they want 20 to 30 minutes of my time. They want to sit down and tell me their story. Someone hears their story. No one wants to hear their story. And so I listen for 20 minutes or half an hour and, and, I, and I pray with them. And sometimes I'm able to help them with a food card. Sometimes they need something that I just can't give. And all I do, all, all I do is listen to their story. God gathers up the fragments of our lives that nothing will be lost. Nothing will be lost. And that is just exciting news. If you think of your own life, and my son is interested in film, so I've been starting to think like film. And, and when they make a film, they've got thousands of yards of film or digital. And most of it ends up on the cutting room floor. And even the stories of our own lives, when something happens and we start to tell the stories of our lives, we start talking about how you met Sonny, who was the king of the fairies. Um, and, you know, and, and the stories, there is a lot around that that didn't make the cutting room floor even in your own memory. And sometimes we go and we pick up stuff that we've forgotten and we're like, wow, this is really important and I've forgotten that that happened. 
we pick it up off the cutting room floor. In God, nothing stays on the cutting room floor. Nothing stays on the cutting room floor. Our lives are wrapped up and made whole, and nothing is lost. And that, my friends, is really good news. <laughs> nothing in your life, both the good and the bad, sorry, it's both ways. But nothing is lost, and it makes us who we are. And God grabs it and holds it and brings it into the life of God and heals it. And we can embrace that. We are made whole by being gathered in. I didn't actually read the end of this. I'm going to use a fancy really fancy term. It's called a pericope. Don't need to be impressed. It just means the actual text in Greek. <laughs> the end of it, the, I, I ended this reading where the Catholic lectionary ends it, which is here. They wanted to make him king. The Revised Common Lectionary continues where Jesus walks on the water, and they're frightened. He gets in the boat, and immediately they're on the shore. It's very dreamlike. I only bring it up because there are things about these stories that seem fantastical. And they're so out of the norm that what could they possibly mean? And so it's easy for people to dismiss it. Stories of the Bible are the most true stories you will ever read, whether they happen the way they're written or not. These are the most true stories you will probably ever read because they talk about who we are and whose we are. That's why I love them as much as I do. Jesus can make any endeavor that we have, what, with whatever small thing we have, God can make that abundant and grow and feed 5,000. Can do amazing things. We can do amazing things together. Blessed by God. And all of the stuff in our lives that feels like it's hit the cutting room floor and is never going to be picked up and no one's going to remember us and nobody cares, isn't. God gathers up the bright. Nothing, nothing may be lost. And that's the